0: My friends, we have a lot going on today. It is, of course, Good Shepherd Sunday. It's a world day of prayer for our vocations, vocations to the holy priesthood, the diaconate, of course, but to uh, consecrated and religious life in all its forms. It is, of course, also Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, a a wonderful and important celebration. uh, Each year really should be every day of each year, right? And then, of course we have that Supreme Court uh, draft opinion that was leaked on Monday. That does appear uh, to uh, point to something we've been praying for for uh, almost 50 years, the overturning of Roe and Casey. You know, in Acts it said, almost the whole city gathered to hear. Everyone is talking about this. They're doesn't seem to be too many people sitting on the fence. They're strongly on one side or the other, and there will be much more to say on this topic. Once an actual decision has been made, there's plenty of time for us to be talking about this. I will, and we will, speak out boldly. But there still is very much uh, more work to do. There's much more prayer and sacrifices to be offered. For even if Roe and Casey are overturned and they are, uh, pushed back to the states to decide, you know, only 13% of abortions will be reduced. The abortions will be reduced by only 30%, or 13%. Sadly, many, many women will continue to seek abortion. This ultimately is not about laws. Yes, we should change the laws now, uh, perhaps in a month or so uh, at our state's uh, level, but it seems like even the American dream kind of works against God's plan for us. You know, many kids are afraid to go home these days and present their report cards to their parents because they got a B. We are so ingrained in our American dream, the following of American dream, to uh, look at accomplishments as forms of success. So sad that a kid would walk home uh, afraid that he or she is not loved because they got a B on their report card. It's no wonder so many women seek Abortions, because they see it as something, this person, as something that gets in the way of her future accomplishments. So, my friends, there is much more to say about this. But today, we will return to last Sunday. Last, bu- last Sunday's beautiful gospel message of love. For last Sunday, Jesus asked Peter, and he asked all of us three times, Do you love me? An invitation to agape love, unconditional love, love unto death. We, of course, know that Peter returned that love as we do, right? Perhaps not with that perfect agape, unconditional love unto death, but simply with the love of friendship. Peter would eventually live out that agape love. And how would he do this? Well, three times the Lord said, feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. We are to turn and love our neighbor. But we cannot do this alone. Peter could not do this alone. He continued to fumble in his attempts to love until Pentecost. We need the church. We need the Holy Spirit. And ultimately, we need what we celebrate here. We need the Eucharist. For as Jesus said in his Last Supper discourse, you know, up until this point, uh, love uh, your neighbor as yourself. But when he gives us himself as heavenly food, his flesh to eat, only then can we love as I have loved you. For the Eucharist is the sacrament Of unity. And so we come here seeking the grace to be united with each other. The Gospel says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. To those who have spent their whole lives listening to the Father's voice, listening to Mother Church, these are, no doubt, some of the most comforting words in Holy Scripture. The Father knows you, and he knows me. You know, Dr. Peter Kreef speaks so beautifully about this. He says, God's knowledge creates, ours discovers. God does know us. He knows us into existence. At the last judgment, he says, he will say to the angels, bring them here to me. I know them. They are my children. They belong here with me. How painful it would be to hear, I do not know you. Personal knowledge is, of course, a two-way street. The opposite of love is not hate, it's indifference. We enter into this personal relationship with the Lord. I know them. He knows you and me, which is to say he is in love with us. You cannot love what you do not know. You know, earlier John said the good shepherd calls his own sheep by name. It's a mark of intimacy and familiarity. In fact, we have a name given to us, unknown perhaps to us, not the name given to us by our parents but the name given to us by the heavenly father, a name that marks our mission that will be known perhaps only in heaven. It is a mark of intimacy. And it says that he leads them out. You know, some uh, shepherds, uh, they like to, well, they're kind of like sheepdog, right? They move their sheep about through fear they move their sheep about by chasing them around. They walk behind. This is like the evil one, but the good shepherd moves not by chasing us around, not by barking at us in loud voices, but by whispering his love in our ears. It's intimate, he invites, and he asks us to follow him. The good shepherd's duty is, of course, to defend the flock against aggressors. And how does Jesus, the good shepherd, do this? How is he good? Well, by laying down his life for his sheep. For the good shepherd is other-directed. My sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. In order to hear the shepherd's voice, then, we must get quiet. We must listen and pray. We must turn to Holy Scripture each day. We must speak to the Lord in our own words. Give him our heart. We must spend time here in these pews, not just today, but throughout the week in adoration. Then we must listen. We must listen and respond to his abundant grace. It is then he will be able to give us eternal life. You know, love, of course, is very emotional. It is very emotional, but it is not essentially about a feeling. It's about a knowing, a deep, deep knowing. No one will have, I hope this is good news, no one will have to pass any sort of theology test, no quizzes in order to get to heaven. It's not about factual knowledge. It's about personal knowledge. It's not about what we know, but who we know, who we have fallen in love with. Everyone in heaven will know the Lord. In the first reading from Acts, Paul and Barnabas preached in Antioch despite great opposition from the Jewish community. It took great courage. They only knew this courage or had this courage because they knew the Lord. But true courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the willingness to proceed in spite of it. There will be a time to speak more about this, of course. Paul was completely convinced of his call to bring the gospel to the Gentiles. And despite great hardships, he was filled with joy. Note the verb is passive. He was filled not from something that he created from within himself, but something that came external to himself, or that was dwelling in himself, that is, the Lord, through the Holy Spirit. He was filled with joy through an act of God, through the movement of the Holy Spirit. Paul and Barnabas offered great sacrifices, ultimately their lives. The world tells men and women that vocations to the priesthood to religious and consecrated life in its forms involves too much sacrifice. The world says the same thing to women. Motherhood is too much sacrifice there, but true happiness lies in following God's will despite the sacrifices. My friends, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. The Lord gives us these beautiful words in today's gospel. But how can they hear unless someone speaks this love and mercy to them? If someone does not speak this good news to them, how can they hear it? Our first vocation is to love. It is ultimately our only vocation, is it not? The world needs to embrace this vocation. We need to embrace this vocation to help fight against the senseless violence of our day, not just abortion, but in so many other forms. In embracing it, we will discover our particular vocations, those that have not already right, or more perfectly, receive the graces to live the vocations we have already discovered. Imagine what a world would look like if everyone embraced this universal vocation to love. If all those particularly called to be set apart embrace their vocation to the holy priesthood, to religious and consecrated life in all its forms. If men truly loved women. And if women embrace their vocations to love. My friends, let us all embrace this vocation to love today. And may God be praised. Amen.